We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. Uh, I'm Alex Hurst. We'll have a, a special midweek episode of the, the True Faith Podcast for you this week. First off, it's going to be me and Mick Martin, who founded True Faith, talking about the decision to bring True Faith back into print as Newcastle United's uh, only print fanzine, as that um, genre seems to have died off for whatever reason. Uh, we're going to talk through why we made that decision, uh, the history of the fanzine, and how you can get involved if you want to get involved in terms of writing, subscribing, buying it, all that kind of stuff. And then after that, um, I have a bonus podcast for you uh, called Minute Mag, which is Norman Riley, Mark Corby, and Paul Lyon. And have a listen to that. It is four or five, uh, five Newcastle United topics that Mark and Paul have got to convince uh, Norman about. And there's a winner at the end of it. And I think off the top of my head, uh, those were um, Andy Cole or Peter Beardsley at NUFC. Is St James's Park better for the extension? Was football better in the Premier League and a couple of others. Um, I should, probably should have read it on this, but it's a while, it's a while since I listened to it. Um, so yeah, I listened to that at the end of me and Mick's chat about 16 minutes in. That's a, a patron um, subscriber podcast, but we thought we'd give you uh, a bit of a, a free preview of that. And it's an excellent show, so my, my thanks to the lads. And I'm going to leave you with me and Mick talking about the decision to bring True Faith back into print, starting with the first issue, uh, which will be out the day United play Leicester City at the end of this month. I believe it's the 29th. Make True Faith uh, will be Newcastle United's only print fanzine. Um, what was the what was the thinking behind bringing True Faith um, back to a printed platform away from the digital free version? Uh, well, I think as you know, um, you were pretty key to it, Alex. You know, um, we've got well, we just got an opportunity through a um, a printer who seemed to um, to be very interested in in what we were doing. Very helpful, enthusiastic and responsive to um, what we were talking about and um, and the limitations of 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 how we were going to work and and then I kind of it just you know we we chatted about it and then then we met the printer and a, a few things one thing led to another and then before we know where we are we we were we were kind of leaving the printers with a, a uh, with the idea to return to print and have a 48 page full color fanzine so, um, you know, it was a happy accident, really, happenstance, if you like. So um, there's a lot of people that we wouldn't have done it if we didn't if we didn't think that there were out, people out there who um, preferred to have something in the hands, if you like, a, um, something that they can feel, smell and touch, etc. So 
Um, yeah, that, I think just a, an opportunity arose where we knew that there'd be a, 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 a certain element of our support who would um, quite fancy having a, a paper magazine. Yeah, and I think um, we always used to get a lot of feedback um, through social media, through the the website that is as popular as the um, the digital free version that we've done, what, since 2013? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2014, wasn't it, when we did the last um, printed copy? I think that was that was issue 111. Um, the, that was the last printed copy that we did, and then we transferred everything over to the digital platforms, didn't we? Yeah, and that was that's that's been great. But you've always had, like you say, that kind of hardcore of people who've said, "Yeah, well, I well, like it, but but I miss I miss being able to, like you say, touch it, buy it before the match, yeah. take it." So there, there always seems to be that little bit of demand for for something like this. And at, at the end of the day, unfortunately, for whatever reason, probably the same reasons that that wage acted in originally, the the you know Newcastle is one of the few big clubs in the country that doesn't have a, a printed fanzine. I think because um, you you have good. You know you have good contacts with the, the lads who run the various fanzines up and down the country, and they've managed to keep print going. Um, however, so I think it's definitely a positive from our point of view to at least to you know reignite the Newcastle United print fanzine definitely. world, as it were. I de- definitely, you know, I mean, it's um, the the digital version of the magazine has been stratospherically successful. You know, so you know, I was I was chatting to one of the uh, I was chatting to Paulie actually the other uh, the other day about it, and he was saying how he was. Um, over the moon um, that it was coming back in in hard copy format and me me kind of message to Paulie was um, uh, ah it is good but like it will mean that there's a lot there's thousands of uh, there's thousands less readers you know so it's like a, it's a bit of a strange decision that we're making but um, I think it's a romantic one really I think it's an emotional decision that we're that we're making by and large but you know it's not a kind of totally irrational one as well I, I do think there is a there is a market out there for a hard copy magazine amongst Newcastle fans. So, uh, well, I hope there is. <laughs> well, no, there, there, there is because um, the interest in it has been phenomenal, and and I would compare it to um, to music. You know, so in the last five or six years, there's been a real renaissance in um, people who want to buy vinyl and play records. Now, it'll be a tiny fraction of the uh, amount of people who are downloading all of their music through the you know Spotify, but other um, downloads are are available, and I do plenty of that myself. You know, so I've embraced the digital revolution in terms of downloading music and all and all that kind of thing. But there is also a kind of a part of me that loves to buy a record or loves to buy a CD, you know, and have something that I can kind of look at. Because you know vinyl has the artwork and the you know and I, without going on about being an old fart about going into into Newcastle buying a record, reading bits of it on the bus going home and then kind of have going through that ceremony with with vinyl um, that probably a lot of listeners have been through themselves. Um, the same thing applies to magazines and fanzines etc. I think you know there'll be a there'll be a mix of people you know like us who. 
you know, love the digital stuff, um, who, you know, are online and looking at websites and reading blogs and um, downloading this podcast and many others and looking at video blogs and, and all of that kind of thing. But they'll also um, buy the magazine because it's not a it's not a binary choice. Um, people can do both, you know. And and I think as 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 kind of we get into digitalization and and how we consume uh, news, music, and culture, etc. I think that increasingly will become the thing where we do a variety of of. D- of different mediums rather than saying, no, I'm for hard copy or I'm for digital. I just, I don't think people's experience is, is like that. And as usual, I've rambled on a bit. No, I think you're, I think you're spot on and everything that you've said there. Um, I mean, we've been working hard, well, you've been working hard to, to get the magazine when it is eventually out in, um, in various places across the region, because at the minute, I don't think we're planning to have any match day sellers, um, but well, I wanted to talk to you about that. <laughs> All right. Well, watch this. Watch this space. Watch this but um, space, do you want to just run through the places that I mean? What is it? It's the twelfth of twelfth uh, of September, and the the first uh, printed issue of True Faith goes on sale against Leicester on the uh, the twenty ninth. So on the twenty ninth, where will where will fans be able to pick up a copy of True Faith from in the city? Well, not as many places as they used to um, in the in the olden days um, when we when we had it on. You know, uh, every news agent in the northeast it seemed um, certainly on Tyneside, southeast Northumberland, and uh, and northwest Durham, etc. Um, it it won't be in. Billy's little news agents in Amble. I'm sorry to pick on you, Billy, in Amble, but um, so so there's not going to be a vast um, distribution network. We'll we're looking at um, at having probably about ten outlets of where people can buy the magazine. But um, first and foremost, it'll be on sale at the back page um, on um, St Andrews Street, just on route um, goal a goal kick away from the. Um, from the Galliard end um, in Chinatown next door to the Tyneside Irish Centre. So people will, will have a big stock of, of issues there and people will be able to pop in and, and pick up their copy in the back page. Um, they'll also be able to buy a copy of the magazine on uh, at the back page in the Metro Centre. So, you know, they're the two two big outlets, you know. So Mickey's been great in terms of having the magazine back in the back page. So that's that's worked that's worked well, and um, we we're going to have it in M and M's, which is a, a a good news agent right at the top of Northumberland Street. Um, one thing I've noticed is is there's just not as many news agents as there used to be, which is perhaps a sign of the times. But it'll be at M and M's. That's just opposite the the Haymarket Metro Station, and just around the corner in um, in our good friend um, record shop in uh, Stay Free Records. Tony Fittis is going to stock a few copies there. Um, likewise, uh, Bruce Rennick at Central in the Central Station. He's going to stock a few copies. In the central in the central station, but we're very close to um, arranging a, having an arrangement with W H Smith at the uh, on Northumberland Street Central Station, and at the met and at the metro step uh, the metro centre and up at the airport, so that it'll be it'll be stock there, and you know that I think that'll probably be enough. Um, in terms of outlets, because I think people are more confident now about buying their stuff online, so we'll have a kind of a digital news agents for for people who are um, in the kind of the less populated 
areas of Tyneside, but also even just outside in Newcastle city centre. And I'll put a I'll put a link um, on the description of this podcast that where people can head to the True Faith website and subscribe. Take a what a ten issue subscription is it, Mick? It's a ten it's a ten issue subscription um, for twenty five, Nick, and uh, posting packaging on top of it. I should say we are going to do a digital subscription as well because um, I I am aware that um, the costs of postage. Um, or kind of a prohibitive, really, for for a small magazine like ours. Um, you know, John Milton, who used to, who's wrote for the magazine for many years, uh, used to live out in Brazil. Now he's in Spain. He doesn't like roughing it, does he? But um, John used to say to me, you know, how much it cost. I think it was costing him seventy two quid for ten issues, which is seven pound twenty an issue. Well. You know, I've got to say it's not worth that, and um, and you know, and he, and then when you factored in the exchange rates and the strength of the pound, and all of that kind of thing that I never thought I would have to consider when I set up a, a fanzine many years ago, you know, the magazine becomes very very expensive for people who are abroad. Um, so, um, we're gonna we're gonna offer a digital subscription so that people will be able to kind of, um consume the magazine digitally so that might that'll be a lot cheaper for them and 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 they'll get it timelessly as well you know so um again it's it you know we'll have we'll have the options of doing things digitally and in hard copy and people will be able to get the magazine either way they want and we are always looking for for new writers um you know the i mean i've been when did, when did you start true faith 1999 yeah when i was 10 um, and I've been <laughs> reading just True aged Faith. me there considerably, <laughs> Alex. Yeah, I've been reading True Faith ever since, and um, I mean the, the the scale and breadth of writers from from across the world as well, by the way, um, who who've 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 featured just normal men and women, Newcastle United fans who who wanted something to say or got in touch saying, you know, if there's any articles, go and let us know. And we're still very much interested in in doing that, aren't we? Absolutely, you know, so one of the one of the kind of USPs of True F- True Faith has been its international reach. Um and we've we've covered I don't I don't think there's very many countries with organised football in them where we haven't been you know, one of our writers hasn't been to a match and reported on the on the whole experience. So, you know, um we had a lad who was at a, a game in Senegal who used to do a, a blog from Senegal who went to an away game. It's one of my favourite articles in the uh, Chris Brolly who wrote that. Um, it's one of my favourite all-time True Faith articles about about Chris probably getting a little bit out of his depth <laughs> um, uh, when he went away with some, um, some fellas who... Uh, were a little bit more mental than he anticipated, so that that was that was good. But we've had them from Spain, Germany, France, uh, Panama, Mexico, Brazil, Argentina. You know some, uh, and all over Europe, obviously. And um, and we've also done some a lot of non-league stuff, and we're we're going to continue with that as well. You know, so I've just been talking to the lad who's pulling all that together tonight, and um, I think I'm really quite excited about how he's going to cover. Um, the non-league scene in the northeast, and and with some quite strong references to good old Newcastle United in there as well. Just subscribe, and um, you know, there's, there's been a, a a lot of people who've said that they're delighted that the the magazine and the fanzine, whatever you want to call it, is is back out now, um, and um, and thrilled about it. But you know, if if people don't support it, it won't last. So you know, the proof is in the pudding, really. But I have to say, I'm really encouraged 
by the number of subscribers who have um, decided to throw their weight behind it and and keep uh, and keep fanzine culture alive in the printed format um, on in in Newcastle. You know, so there's not very many left now, and um, I suppose. Again, to repeat myself, it's just happenstance that we're doing this. We've had a, an opportunity through a, a, you know, printers who seem to be great, and uh, and we're so we're gonna we're gonna bounce back to that. So, you know, I hope it I hope it encourages um, people elsewhere that you know that the the kind of the the warnings years ago that hard copy and paper is finished. Maybe maybe that's not the case. You know, maybe there's still a market for it. Brilliant. Like I said, if you're interested, um, give True Faith and the various platforms that will have a follow on social media um, or, or just, you know, on your podcast player, click on the, the link to the subscribe page on, on our True Faith website. If you want to get involved, any questions, of course, um, you know, get in touch with, with me or Mick or any of the other lads and lasses who are involved with True Faith. Uh, so, Brilliant. Mate, yeah, thanks, thanks so much. And I'm, I can't wait to, um, to get it out for that first game against Leicester City on the 29th. So as promised, here is Minute Mag, one of the shows we do every other week on our uh, extra podcast on Patreon. We do about six to seven extra podcasts a week for £1.25. The money goes into improving the podcast and keeps stuff like this, and the main one we do free. Uh, if you like it, click the link at the end um, on the podcast description for the for the Patreon page and see if there's stuff you enjoy. If not, not to worry, and we'll be back with you hopefully talking about a massive win or just even a point against Arsenal this weekend, um, which takes us nicely into Palace away. Even if we get beat, we'll obviously be, still be doing the podcast. Speak to you then. This is a True Faith Patreon exclusive podcast, and I'm Norman Riley. You're joining us for episode two of Minute Mag, the show in which contestants are given one minute each to make a case on a subject given them by the judge, in this case me, who then decides which one of them gets the prize of a point. In which one of them gets a punishment of bathing Sam Allardyce after a night on the gravy and wine snake bites? Right, okay. Um, sorry, lads, but that's that's how it is. You know what I mean? No, oh, I can deal with it. Sure. I didn't make the rules up. I, I didn't make the rules up, and somebody's got to bathe Sam. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, um, so uh, this episode's contestants, um, I'm delighted to be joined by them, uh, or as followers in the black corner. We've got um, all the way from the gates of hell, also known as Jaro, Mark Cody. <laughs> And in, uh, in in the white corner from the town that is twinned with Sodom and Gomorrah, we've got uh, that's Wall's End, by the way, Paul Lyon. And uh, lads, good evening. Hello, good evening. hello, boys. hello. Yeah, looking forward to it. What, what a, thanks for being. What being, an introduction that, that was. I know. Well, you know what? It, it's I hadn't even prepared it. It just come. It just come naturally. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm not offended. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> so you know the crack here, lads, and I'll explain this to listeners. Um, I'm going to give the lads a topic. Um, I'm going to count them down. From three and on one, they've got a minute to make their case, um, and then I take. Then I guess I I judge in it. Um, so right. lads, if throughout um, you could refer to me as either judge or Reinhold, <laughs> I'd be I'd be much obliged. So I'm happy with judge, judge Reinhold, or just Reinhold. What about what about easiest to right. you know what I mean? Okay, um, judge, judge, I judge. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll crack on and we'll start in um, you know we'll go by surname alphabetical order. So Mark, we'll start with you, mate. Okay, mate. Um, judge. I'm going to count. I'm going to, with the, the do you know the topic? The topic is um, was football better pre or um, post pre introduction of the Premier League? Was it better before the Premier League or is it better now? All right. Okay, mate. So I'll count you down, and on one, you've got a minute. All right. No problem, George. Three, two, one. 
hundred percent better before the Premier League year, in my opinion. Um, more, more, most important thing back then was the connection between the clubs and the supporters. Uh, fair enough. Newcastle didn't have the best of boards, you know, with McKeegan, uh, the guys before, before him. But there was an affinity with the club. Uh, you felt part of. You felt part of. I don't know the community. Um, plus, everyone who went to the matches in those days seemed to genuinely support the club they were going to going to see. Um, I think there's too many day trippers these days. Um, it's seen as part and you know further around the country. Uh, I think Sky have ruined it to a certain extent. Where I've got no interest in any game apart from the ones Newcastle playing. And even those that are selected for Sky are pretty shit these days. Um, I think it's getting worse as well. I think the influx of foreigners in the early 90s, it didn't really help the game. Um, and it, it sort of stopped progression of you know, local footballers as well as you know, national footballers as well. It's uh, affecting the England team. Um, I think with people... Stop! That's it, mate. That was your minute. No problem, George. That was your minute. And I tell you what, that was a very good argument, um, and I'm looking forward to the counter argument because um, yeah, that was that was well that was well presented, well structured. Despite the fact that you ran out of time at the end, I won't. You know, I'm not going. I probably won't hold that against you. Although it could it could be uh, a factor. I think you should definitely um, hold it against Paul, him. Definitely. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to. It could be the swear factor, Paul. So you you've got a minute um, to convince me of. I'm I'm, I'm just at a, just at a guess. Um, I'm just really hoping your argument isn't the same. So I'll uh, hear. I'll count you down, yeah. and on one, you've got your, you've got a minute to put your answer and your case to me. Right, all right, okay, mate? mate. Three, two, right, one. Right, okay. Go. Uh, to start, like I think uh, football before the Premier League um, were pretty much played on quagmire pitches. These days, they're like they're like carpets. It just improves the standard of the game um, in, in terms of pace, and it's just just generally all around better. You don't get the old. Uh, uh, newspapers for shin pads and all that kind of stuff, um, and I thought I think the influx of foreign players has has been a benefit to the game. Uh, when you talk about the likes of Burkham, Zola, Ginola, uh, Aguero, who's playing today, um, I think without the the Premier League money and back and behind that, you, you might not see those kind of players. Um, and I think well, and and the football stadiums as well. Obviously, they've all they've all come along a long way uh, from the. The concreted terraces uh, that that we that we used to stand on. Uh, it's a much more safer environment, um, and I think yeah, all those have uh, contributed to a to a better game. Stop. That's it. you 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 almost finished there. Um, so like Mark, there won't be any points <laughs> deducted. My, my decision won't be swayed by the fact that neither of you um, got your argument in within a minute. Um, it's a tough decision this because. It's difficult to be um, difficult to be impartial when you know when I've lived through pre and um, obviously the introduction of the Premier yeah. League, and like Mark, you know I can I can see I can I can kind of say exactly what he was saying, um, and and also the other thing that that leans in Mark's favour here is that we were both, in fact, we were all probably um, you know in my kind of we were turning from young young boys into teenagers and then uh, into men, weren't we? Before um, the Premier League started, mm. and there's a lot of nostalgia tied to it. I think to um, make a point, George. You can um, just what, what Paul said regarding the uh, the stadiums. I think that would have happened anyway, regardless of the Premier League. Um, you know, obviously with the Hillsborough disaster, yeah. I think a lot of a lot of funding was going on. Fair point um, to make sure that that, that that had to happen. And also regarding the the, the, the foreign players, I, st- I stand by it. I think for every one or two world class players that have come in, there's been probably about seven or eight absolute diabolical. This... 
So this, I mean, this this is good. You're kind of countering Paul's argument, but you're also adding to the minute that you had, which is a bit of an unfair advantage, Mark. So I'm gonna have to probably. Um, <laughs> well, that's 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 good. That, you know that that, that I mean, if this was in a real court. <laughs> If this was in a real court, I'd have your lawyer up in front of me now and I'd be saying, you know, you need to... And they overruled, overruled, basically. Um, Sorry, but George. But you know what? Very, um, very, both very good arguments, and I'm veering, I'm veering towards you, Mark, but you know what? I'm actually going to give it to Paul, and I'll tell you why. And this is, this is me, the me decision is this. I love football pre-Premier League, but there are things about the game now that I love even more. I love the... Um, there just seems to be, uh, I don't know, like the, the the fact that we have had this influx of, of overseas players has given it a real, a real kind of international feel. I like the fact that I, I like the fact that, and don't get me wrong, it's, it's been sanitised a lot of football, but I like the fact that I don't go to a match now and, and feel like, you know, like this palpable sense of violence every time I step into, into the terraces, which is what I felt as a kid. <laughs> I felt genuinely yeah. scared, scared for 75% of the matches that I spent in the Gallagher. Um, so... Uh, the fact that I'm a, the fact that I'm in my forties now and I'm a big soft shaped old old man, um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Come with on. on this. Um, I'm a happier I'm a happier football fan now than I was then, and that may tie into my you know psychological issues as a child. I don't know, but both brilliant, <laughs> both, both brilliant arguments. A tough decision to make, but you know what? I'm not I'm not gonna let nostalgia tie me back and uh, hold me back, and I'm I'm giving the point oh, to Paul. So well Paul, done, Paul. Thanks, you win that one. How are you, Wells? Then come on. <laughs> Wiles End one, Jarrow out. Jarrow Ruffin nil. Wiles End whatever football teams on there. Hold on, Jarrow Ruffin nil. Percy Main one. Um, right. So uh, next question, Mark. This is you. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for it? I'll wear them. On one, right? Three. What was the oh, question? I'll tell you, I better tell you the question. I better. I know. Well, I was just kind of say freestyle. Just freestyle. No. Um. All right. Andy Cool. Andy Cool. Or. Peter Beardsley Mark II. So that's Andy Cole mm-hmm. or Peter Beardsley's second spell at the club. Who, in your opinion, was the better? And on one, you've got a minute. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do, lads, as well. I'm going to give you a 20 second warning. So when you've got 20 seconds after, I'll let you know, right? Right. Three, two, one, go. It pains me to say this, but I'm going to go for Andy Cole, despite Peter Beardsley probably being my favourite ever Newcastle player. Um, Andy Cole, right, he was just absolutely prolific. There was, there was an argument about how he, he had to take two or three chances to score a goal. I, I, I don't uh, agree with that. I thought uh, he linked, obviously, Peter Beazzi made him into a better striker. Um, but Andy Cole went on to you know, win, win uh, trophies, countless trophies at Man United, unfortunately for us. But his time at Newcastle was just unbelievable for me. It, it surpasses what Shearer did. I know Shearer broke records and he was here for a lot longer time. But for me, at that age, an impressionable uh, teenager, uh, you know, he brought the record, the 41 goals. Um, I just really enjoyed that time more than any other sport. 20 Newcastle. seconds. Um, obviously, he was a record sign as well. Um, 1.75 million. Um, I think that was around about 900,000 more than my previous record. So it was just an exciting time. It was part of the Keegan bandwagon. And for me, Andy Cole just epitomised what Keegan was doing. He was, he was buying the best and he bought the best. Brilliant! That was absolutely bang on, mate. Perfect. So, oh. Paul, how do you how do you follow? Are you ready? That? God, how in? Well, I mean, you know, you've got you've, you've got the you? The fact is that you haven't got the right people advising you. If you can't count, I'm afraid. Um, but uh, we'll count you on one, right? right? So, three, two, one. Aye, go. Peter Biazzi. Again, well, like what Mark said, he's he was my favourite player, um, probably still is my favourite Newcastle player. Um, and just the sheer excitement when he had the when the ball at his feet, uh, facing up to a defender, there was like a, a palpable 
gasp in the crowd before before they all went, get on, get on, and then it's just like, just oh, just give him the ball as much as he can in that, and he was just an absolute fantastic player. Um, despite his like, age mark two, he still he still banged them in. Has he forty seven goals and just over a hundred appearances? Just he, absolutely class and. Like you said, he like said he made a lot of Cole's goals. Um, without uh, Ped, without Pedro, seconds. we might not even be talking about Cole in the same light. I don't know. Um, the way he just laid them on a, on a plate, um, absolutely fantastic player. I'm but you're done. done. Very done. good. That was well. That was well. That was that was well within a minute. But you don't get extra kudos for finishing ten seconds before oh, the minute. Um, if you finish a minute uh, bang on. I would have given, you know what I mean? If you finish him in, if you fin- it might have swayed me a little bit if you finish bang mm. on a minute, but, you know, that's, that's almost but impossible. But I get those 10 so seconds to use somewhere that. else, aye? That's right, aye? Um, <laughs> you, can, you, you, can stay, you can stay up for an extra George, 10 seconds. Before, before, I, I, no, you can have an extra 10 seconds in front of the television before you get to bed, mate, all right? Thanks. Um, uh, you know what, lads? I, I mean, again, two brilliant answers, but I, it, it's, I found this a very easy decision. Um, it's Andy Cole for me so Mark gets a point yeah. and uh, the reason for my decision is what, what convinced me especially about Mark's argument was the fact that he alluded to the fact that that Cole was young he was a kind of raw talent um, and I think that we regardless of what he went established at Man U which was incredible you know he went on to play for England um, what, what he did at Newcastle I think that was probably the, the, the best um, Andy Cole's ever been and Beardsley Beardsley was excellent when he came back second spell. He was fantastic. His first spell, as we all know, he had a, he had a fantastic career winning titles at Liverpool. Um, but it's just the fact that Cole was so young and he went on and he broke such an old yeah. record, a record that had existed since you know the twenties. Um, I, I don't think I don't think I could. You know, it, it would be it would be wrong to say that Andy Cole for me. Um, what was during that period? Um, the kind of better than Peter Beardsley. Um, Mark, he convinces me. So that's that's one's each lads. Any. Um, any 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 more on earth? Can he throw any insults at the judge for that decision? <laughs> no, no, no insults from me. No, no. I think it, I no, think you're doing I a fantastic could. job, uh, judge. Really, really good. No, <laughs> oh, I wait. Any more? <laughs> any more of that crawling? You'll be doing a contempt of court. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, Hang on. <laughs> right. Topic three, gents. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a, uh, there's, a, there's a town to the south of Newcastle, a town, I say, a town, um, mm-hmm. uh, called Sunderland. Um, and they have a football team, in case you weren't aware, <laughs> uh, that's, um, that's in League One, formerly known as, um, I believe, League Two, and, and uh, Division Two maybe even, and formerly known as Division Three. Um, ah, it's a place, it's, yeah, it's, it's a place that Newcastle United you know, Football Club have never, um, never visited, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, hopefully... And surely never will. Um, however, apparently, there are some people who believe that um, it's better for us when Sunderland are in the same division because of the derbies. Um, Mark, I'd like first your opinion on that, um, followed by yours, yeah. obviously, Paul. So again, I will count you down, Mark. Mm-hmm. And on one, you can launch into it. All right. Cool. Three, two, one, go. Don't agree whatsoever. I hate Derby Day. I've never enjoyed them, even as a kid, even when we were winning. Um, my first experience of a derby was um, the 89-90 season, and even at a, a tender 10, 11 year old, uh, years of age, you could just sense the you know the hatred between the the clubs. Um, the, the, getting beat um, for me it hurts more than actually winning, and I've just never really enjoyed. And obviously the last you know we've lost the six in a row, we haven't won for seven or eight or whatever. 
Um, I just, I just, I've never enjoyed them. I'll always go to them, but I'm a bag of nerves. Um, obviously, being brought up and still living in South Tyneside, you can just sense. Twenty seconds. You can just sense how much um, people who who don't really love football get involved as well. You know, and this isn't being uh, nasty about them, but when you see people planning on social media, you know, getting together just for the dog, you're like, you've got no interest. Um, I think it's it's sort of lost its way a little bit, uh, but no, Sunderland can stay where they are. The, the, the further down they go, the better. Don't oh mate, one minute, one minute on the button. I'm not kidding you. Oh, Outstanding right. work. Outstanding work. Just what I do. So, hello, Paul. Let's go. The uh, the floor is it the floor when you're in court? <laughs> you know, is it the floor? You're it. I mean, you know, like, well, is, is that what it is? The floor. I, the floor is yours, mate. So on one. Um, Three, two, one, for, go. For me, for a lot of what Mark said there, just about the whole pretty much nerves and being excited and stuff like that, it's just like, I think that's that's part of why you go to football. Um, derby days are like a highlight of a season for me and uh, when the fixtures come out, it's like, when's, when's the derby and when we're going to play them? And uh, it would be, it would also be a shame if we never did get to beat them again. Um, so I'd, I'd want that back in the in our football calendars. Um just before I came out, actually, me, me son Ben, he was uh, he's reading his little NUFC supporter book thing, and at the end, New, Newcastle beat Sullen three 0 and he's going yay, and I'm like, oh, get in, son. But I, it's all well and good reading it, but it, you kind of be being there and actually seeing it. So for me, I, I think we should definitely get them back up here, and uh, we'll just like it's just like it's just that wait if you come out on the right side, it's uh, it's just a hell of a day, and uh, I have. End up in many a state in 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 the in the pubs in Newcastle like, after a good derby win, um, and that's what I tend to focus Good. on uh, rather than the the defeat. Yeah, so that's perfect. You finished, mate. I didn't give you a twenty second warning. I didn't give you a twenty second warning. Right. So um, I'll probably I think I'll probably be like, mate. Me, I'm never going to make it as a. Um, I'm never going to make it to the Supreme uh, Court. You know just, what I mean? As a just give us a point. Just, just give us a point there. now. It's fine. It's it's, it's okay. I'll, I'll forgive no. you. No, no, no. Instead, <laughs> instead of giving you. A, Instead of giving you a point, mate, I, instead of giving you a point, have a word with your last and tell her that you won five extra minutes in front right, of the telly. Okay, Just say it's, been, it's court ordained. You've got, uh, you got five hey, minutes hey, extra. What um, a day this is. Lads. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it just yeah, salad days? <laughs> um, this is, uh, lads, they were brilliant. Brilliant arguments. Absolutely brilliant. Like, uh, and to be honest with you, you know, the, the judge's pendulum was swinging to and fro there, back and forth between the two of you. Um, but, you know what through for us and it's something that Paul said it's um, you mentioned your son and you've just tugged at my heartstrings yes, there mate because everything Mark said there and you read Mark like, you know what the the, the, the the sick the sick feeling you've got like, mm. even, like in, the, in the week you know you, you play your, your sort of last match before the derby and then that, that match ends and regardless of the result you start feeling sick immediately yeah. um, and obviously me and, me and you Mark we've spoken on many occasions about the 2-0 playoff defeat which was which was one of the, you know, fuck the three nil. Sorry, the judge swore their content the court. Um, <laughs> so the, um, the 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 defeats, the rancid defeats from by De Canio, Poyet, um, and who was the other ball bag? Um, avocado, avocado, um, avocado. Um, all them, they were horrible, but none of them compared to that two nil defeat for me as a teenager. Mm. It was rancid, mm. um, and I, and I'm with you. However, I also remember. The victories and Paul using his son Ben, who I'm guessing hasn't experienced the sheer joy of defeating Yanyaris neighbours. And like, you know, the 5 1, the 5 1 home win, the 4 1 away win, you know, these 
the, the results under Tremendous. Robson um, when Shearer scored that free kick with his bandaged heed the, the highs out of those games I want Paul Sun to experience that at least once in his life mm-hmm. so therefore my decision is final and Paul the oh, point is nice yours. one well done cheers Paul. Ben <laughs> using your son using your son in court uh, I'll yeah, tell man, you what yeah I might have um, got two sons just wait the next question <laughs> uh, well the next question is um, oh god it pains me to even say the names yeah. of these it's um, Kenneth Dalglish or um, Rude Hullet who was the worst Mark You've got one minute. I'll try and remember to give you a 20-second warning. No problem. And I'll count you down. Three, two, one, again. Kenny Dalglish is by far the worst manager. Um, he's not the worst manager that I can remember. Um, that would be Graham Sooners, quickly followed by Pardew. But Dalglish is definitely up there. Just think about what he did. Within the first couple of weeks, he, uh, he dropped Ginola. He dropped Peter Beardsley. Um, and he signed Des Hamilton for the following season. That, that, that was probably the, the sign of things to come. The Champions League qualification, a paper over the cracks, so did the victory over Barcelona, and so did the run of the cup, cup final, because essentially the, t- the couple of teams that were played were, you know, there were, were nobodies, but you can only beat what's in front of you. But don't, don't forget as well that the rest of the, you know, the PLC were, were rumoured to force them to... Um, 20 seconds. ...force them to sell players, um, to, you know, to, to, to basically, you know, stop them wasting money. But the players he bought in weren't good enough, and when you think about it, the end of his tenure at Newcastle, he still spent more than he brought into the club, so his time at Newcastle was an absolute failure and uh, he ripped apart Keegan's fantastic team and squad and he's, he's a disgrace in my eyes. But fair play to the man for Hillsborough. You added that on the end, mate. You will be deducted for that because <laughs> you, you know your minute. And, you did, and, and I also said your minute was up as well. So, you know, I mean, that is, that is proper content to court. In fact, oh, you didn't hear us. That's, that's a great excuse. Class, in fact, tell you what. I'll I t- I tell you what. You know what? You know, you see those pictures of people like in court in Russia and they're in cages. We're going to stick you in a cage, mate. How am I? You're, just done now? you're in a cage, you know. Get him in a cage. Get the lad in a cage. Um, but, you know, it was a brilliant answer, brilliant answer by the way. Brilliant answer. Um, just just ruined at the end by your, your enthusiasm. Um, <laughs> Paul, I'm going to count you down and uh, I'm going to try and give you, you know, a 20 second warning. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, you know the crack is, I, I'm get, I get so involved in your answers, lads, that I might, I might just forget. Um, so, Three, two, one. Rude Hullet. Uh, he had the ego the size of Britain. Um, and he just didn't get it. He admitted as much uh, in his resignation. Um, and he just didn't realise the scale of the job that he had in hand at Newcastle United. Um, his uh, his signings weren't great neither. The, the, I think it was the first boat of a boatload of mercenaries over the over the water. Um, and Frank Dumas and Marcelino and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, and he made no progress. It was thirteenth place finish. Um, he, he got a cup final. That paper over the cracks. Um, and yeah, and um, I mean, if he got his way, we would have been robbed of robbed of a seconds. record goal scorer and Alan Shearer. Um, and yeah, but I suppose if he wasn't a shite, um, we might not have never getting there, Sir Bob. So he had to be crap basically. Thank you. That was fifty-four seconds, and um, what you know, you know, when you, like, I mean, you know what, you know, like obviously being a judge and having gone to university and done like law and then did me bar training and all that, um, I still kind of work out what 50, 
54 what, 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 what's the what's the bit after the seconds Carl you know that you've got like 54 seconds and it says 25 is that one quarter of a second uh, 54 and a quarter of a second 54 that, that what would it be 54 and a quarter of a second we're kind of 54 and a quarter 2500 there you go then 2500 just made that up like um, did you I'll go it afterwards don't worry um, and I'll, I'll obviously let the you know let the listening world know um <laughs> Uh, lads, outstanding answers, and you know, outstanding answers on two of the probably for me, the, the, the two of the kind of worst mistakes that Shepard made. Mm. Um, the, he, he made it, it's interesting because you know, like, I, I don't know if you both agree, but both of them came to Newcastle with, with pedigree. Obviously, Hullet had been sacked, um, mm. at Chelsea, but he'd still won trophies, he'd still done a half decent uh, job, just fell out with um, base, wasn't it? And, uh, he'd fallen out with Ken Bates, which you know I think is fair enough because Ken Bates is an absolute <laughs> arsehole. Um, but uh, in in Dalglish as well, I mean Dalglish had basically won the title at Blackburn and then left his last his last thing in football was winning was winning a title. Um, can I just make an but, objection, George? You can't, you can't, Mark. Of course, Dalglish got a, an excellent Liverpool team and he won the double, granted, but that team was already made. You know what I mean by Paisley. Um, he went to Blackburn. And he was basically bankrolled to win that league. He the bought every he bought the best players from every single club. Um, they bought the league, and it's a cliche to say that now, but they did buy the league. Um, you know. Yes, can I just stop you there, Mark? I'm, I'm trying to work out what you what you what you're objecting to. I said that Douglas's last thing in football was winning the league with Blackburn, and you've and what you've done there is cleverly. Don't get me wrong; it's very very clever <laughs> what you've done. Is you've you've started you've made you've made extra points. You've started making extra points, haven't you? You know what I mean? You haven't really objected. To it. I'll just state the fact. I've never been in court before. <laughs> What's the rules? Well, well, you know, I'm not, I, I tell you what, you, you must, you must have a court-appointed lawyer because he's giving you shite advice. Um, <laughs> can, I make, can I make an extra point about uh, uh, Ruth Hullett then? Um, just, yes, you can, and, and, and you know what is, you, you can, you can. In fairness, right, you thanks. can. Uh, it's, it's really innocuous. Like, really means a lot. Not much. It's just I had a Ruth Hullett mug made up, and it was like made of plastic, and it made a shite cup of tea. Once you put a cup of tea in there, it was horrible. So there strong, you go. very strong, very very strong. And, and the scales have tilted slightly. However, your biggest mistake was actually asking to make an <sighs> extra point. I was going to punish Mark for making that extra that extra point slightly, slightly. I was going to punish him for yeah, it. Yeah. But then you come in, you know what I mean, with a bit of tip for tat. <laughs> it was a good point as well, but it was a bit of tip for tat. And Mark, and Mark wins, and you know why? Because Hullet took over from Dalglish and Dalglish had done such a monumental mm. like he, he messed it up so monumentally I think that um, Hullet was fighting a losing battle don't get me wrong he made mistakes with the signings yeah. that he made but Dalglish just the mere fact that he sold such talented players um, it, it just it just makes him for me one of the one of the worst managers of my lifetime um, and, and the fact that he gave contracts to his mates he used he, Dalglish used Newcastle United as an old boys club for Rush and mm. Barnes and PS and Barnes and PS did okay, no doubt about it. They were all right, um, but he still gave players who had been kicked out of their clubs because they weren't good enough anymore big contracts. Um, and he also made the monumental mistake of putting um, Alessandro Pistoni um, as a right back against Mark Wilhelmos, who at the time had probably been the best player in Europe, in, Europe mm-hmm. in a cup final. So um, if if any of anything, any of you have anything to add to that, um, I mean, decision's final. It's Mark's point, so it's twos each. But if anyone else would like to, to come in and add to that, um, please feel free. I think I think my, my point is, you know, it, towards the back end of that uh, that decade or the you know, century, that 
the, the saddest thing in all when you look back now is that we were still a positive club. We were still striving to win things. We're still spending money. We're still, you know, plastered as a club who were going places. But you know, and you look back on that period now, and yes, them two managers were, uh, you know, two of the worst we've had in, in modern times. But when you think back now, Christ, I'd rather go back to them days than what we've got now under that owner. You know what I mean? Aye, sad, sad indictment really uh, of uh, how it is now, like, but yeah. It's not bad. I, I, it's it's not a bad. It's not a bad point. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, like Shepard for all of his um, for all of his mistakes, um, he was like a very enthusiastic child. Um, and this part of me like would still wish that we had somebody who who showed that ridiculous ambition. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's very difficult to forgive Shepard for um, appointing Graham Souness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right. I mean, both the the appointments of both um, Dalglish and Hullet did show an ambition, didn't they? There was a real. There was a real intent there, and he also he did he did back them in the transfer market. Um, but you know you know what? Um, in, in, really interesting point, Mark. I would be rather have the the kind of the blind ambition of Shepard, despite the fact that kind of behind the scenes he was um, he's putting the club in a bit of financial freefall, or um, or the kind of psychotic management of the of the, the, the club like, that that Ashley gives. Um, it's a it's a debate for a future pod, perhaps. Yeah, Correct. that's a great question. Yeah. In fact. It's a great question for the next minute, Mag, isn't it? Mm. Shepard or Ashley? <laughs> what do you reckon? Aye. That's a great question. And I know what I'd, It is? I'd go for neither. It's a great question. It's like, ne- it's like neither. It's, like, it's the first thing <laughs> I keep in my mind there. It's like Westwood. a can of ace or a can of volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I'll do it. We'll move on to the... This is, this is the deciding question. I'll just choose each okay. and... Um, we're going back to... We're going back to um, World Cup... Um, World Cup 2002 and it's a golden goal. Was it a golden goal or a silver goal in 2002? Oh, I can't remember oh. 2002, man. You're mad. <laughs> uh, well, clearly, uh. it, huh? I think I'm just making this up. But uh, uh, we're going back to some fo- major international football tournament where there was a golden goal release. Right. So, um, Mark, mm-hmm. St. James's Park. Yes. Better or worse for having increased the capacity from 36,000 to 52,000 on one? Three, two, one, gun. Worse. By a, a considerable amount, um, it's getting worse as the years go by. Um, the, the, the atmosphere for me was electric when it was, uh, you know, standing was there. But when they put the roof over the lasers and then the Gallagher end, it was just a, an absolute cauldron. Um, some of your best atmospheres at Newcastle were in that thirty-six thousand capacity crowd. Man United, spring to mind, Barcelona. Uh, you know, every game the atmosphere went round. Everyone was singing. Um, for me. Um, granted, the, the, no, I didn't want to move. There was a big uh, debate about whether we should move uh, grounds, but we didn't. We stuck around. We built on it. Uh, but I remember the first couple of games. I think it was Derby and Tottenham. Twenty seconds. It was Derby and Tottenham at home, and the atmosphere was brilliant. It was. It seemed really loud, but the atmosphere was drifting out of the stadium. Um, and for me, I'd knock that level seven down and put it back to where it was because the atmosphere has just been killed by it. Great argument, great argument, and on fifty-four seconds that was as well perfect. So Paul, huh. on Reach. one mate, no pressure here, but obviously that was a fantastic one from Mark. And if you lose this one, you've lost, you've lost the match, and you're, you're doing, um, you're doing, you're doing ten years. Not only bathing Sam but also like you're not even bathing, not even bathing from the outside of the bath. You've got to get in the bath Jesus. with them and basically bathe them in the bath. You know what I mean? That's that's the reality of it. So no pressure, uh, and on I'll one. Go on, then, mate. <laughs> go on, go on, ask your question. No, ask your I was question. just thinking that sounds a lot like pressure to me, like, uh, but never mind. Harry, I, I thought, I thought you were judging, you know what I mean? It's like, come on. You did the crime. 
Well, I mean, it, but it depends as well if you if you would see that as a punishment or a prize. I mean, you know, it's just just, oh. just depends on the individual. Um, well, <laughs> so on on one, three, two, one. Right. Go. Uh, I think it's been a good um, thing for Newcastle United, um, especially at the time when it was built. It was it it represented the type of club that we were. Um, obviously, we had like a massive waiting list of people to get in, um, and it, just to get more people involved in in the. In the match day experience, um, I think it's been a good thing, and um, I think there has there has been good atmospheres in there since uh, then, um, since we extended, and I think it can be a lot better. I think a lot of what the uh, atmosphere has been recently is because uh, of what's going around around the club and things like that. But but um, yeah, I would look, I would I see these. Uh, calls for the the Gallagher to get extended, and I'm I'm all for that because I think it uh, it would show a big intention from the club. They want it to uh, to compete, and that's what we that's what we want ultimately. Fifty five seconds, brilliant, uh, lads. Honestly, I mean, you know, in all, in all my years' experience of doing, the, you know, of making these kind of monumental decisions, um, <laughs> uh, this is this is one this is one of the toughest cases I've ever had to, uh, ever had to adjudicate on. Um, and and you know what I, f- I mean for the the loser as far as I'm concerned you know feel free to take me to the uh, European Court of Human Rights because um, because I think I'm going to retire after this uh, <laughs> the, both um, both arguments are brilliant yours your arguments Paul like you know the the fact that the capacity of the stadium is it was a kind of statement of intent you know this is where we are this is where this is where we are this is where we want to go and obviously the first. We had that one season under Robson, we finished mid-table the first season, but then after that, we got into the Champions League twice, got into the UEFA Cup, and we looked like a club really on the up, and um, the the kind of prog- the size of the stadium was reflecting, I suppose, where our standing yeah. at the time, i.e. kind of Champions League regulars, Champions League regular ch- challengers, uh, at least. Um, and also, there have been some brilliant atmospheres, uh, even last season, you can look back at, you know, Arsenal uh, at home, Man U at home, yeah. there have been some great times. Um and I uh, and, you, and you, like you say, you know, you'd, uh, the the regime at the moment probably is is what's hampering the fact that the, the atmosphere um, is a little bit more more stifled than what it could be. Um, however, despite all that, <laughs> yet, I'm, I'm giving it I'm giving it a mark. <laughs> I'm giving it a mark because uh, because like a judge in an authoritarian, um, you know, like let's say a military dictatorship. Um, so clearly, I've been appointed by by the authoritarian leadership. I'm going to go. I'm going to go totally partial. Yeah. Um, I, I love the atmosphere when the stadium was smaller, and I still to this day love the atmosphere in smaller stadiums. It just reverberates the noise. The, the noise seems to reverberate more, and I'm a big fan of noisy stadiums. And from my recollections, St James's Park was just a noisier place when there was um, thirty six thousand. In fact, take wind it down from thirty six thousand and take it to the the promotion season um, when it was what mark thirty two thousand maybe. Aye, it was just short of thirty two thousand. Uh, then, then, and that might even reflect the fact that Keegan was a manager. It might even reflect that it was football hadn't been, um, you know, smacked by the the sanitisation of um, of the introduction of the Premier League and Sky Sports. But for me, it was just a, a noisier, more passionate place. So I'm giving this one to Mark, and you can, you know, you're welcome to put a, another argument back into us, Paul. It won't change your mind, but you know what? If you wish to make a point before you before your sentence to. Uh, <laughs> Before you're sentenced to a dingy, a dingy, a dingy hotel room with Sam Allardyce for the next ten years, then um, please, please put one forward. Uh, nah, I can't. That's just uh, I need to get out of the country as quick as I can. Basically, <laughs> I think what you need to do is you need to say your goodbyes to your um, to your missus and to your yeah. two kids, 
and say, look, <laughs> I'll be back in a few years' time. I'll have lost a few, I'll have lost a few pounds and quite a lot of pride, but I'll still be the same man. Yeah, I might just get a dinghy and just go down to the River Tyne now and just and just see where it takes us, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll either take you to the, I'll take you to the North Sea or Cumbria, mate. <laughs> right. Um, um, <laughs> Mark, any any final points you'd like to make? Um, you're you're scot free. You're walking out the court. Um, you know the the, the cameras are going to be gunning. You're going to be all over the front of the Chronicle, basically. Who me? Ah, oh, you're free. You're free, man. Oh well, it's just you know, I just want to do it. I just turn up, do me bit, and bugger off. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Fair play. So we'll end we'll end it there, lads. Thank you very much uh, for this, uh, listeners. Hope you've enjoyed it, um, and if you have, please leave some positive comments. If you haven't, then just don't say anything, because as uh, as you mentioned a million times, it just hurts my feelings more than anything else. Um, and thank you for your ongoing sponsorship; absolutely means the world. And we will be back with you with another show very shortly.